Chris Lee and Blake Lovell here to do SEC football power rankings after week two. Like it's just a jumbled mess. I think we're clear on one at the top, clear on one at the bottom, everything else in between. God help you. But this is what this means. People are going to get upset because I think opinions are going to be very divergent on some of these teams. But here we go anyway, straight into the fire. Vanderbilt at 14. Uh, the Commodores, I thought, would be better, frankly, have not been. I think there's better things in there for Vandy, but we need to start seeing it Saturday at UNLV. Yeah, um, still a lot to prove, I think, for this Vanderbilt team. Like we said, a good portion of their schedule to start things off with some opportunities, but they'll have to play better uh, overall, I think, to take advantage of some of those opportunities. So, Number 13, Florida with a get-well game against McNeese on Saturday. Florida, I think, is the least penalized team in the league. Also, it's defense only on the field for 47 snaps. Average stuff to watch as the Gators play Tennessee this weekend. Yeah, Gators uh, seem to be frozen like Chris uh, at the moment, but uh, in terms of the forward trajectory of their program. But yeah, I think the Gators, obviously, we learn way more about uh, where they are and how they've perhaps improved from that uh, opening game against Utah this weekend against the Vols. South Carolina at 12. Spencer Rattler is playing out of his mind. The rest of the team I have questions about. Carolina is having trouble running the ball. Um, it had trouble protecting Rattler, of course, against North Carolina in game one. I, I, I think South Carolina is going to move up from here, but this is where we have them for the time being. Did a much better job protecting him in game two uh, against Furman, but again, that's uh, a little different than what they're going to see this week when they play Georgia uh, Rattler 25 at 27, three touchdowns in that game against Furman. But it's, it's easier to be that efficient when you, um, you know, aren't running around trying to not get tackled on the pass rush and those things. So could be a challenge this week against the Bulldogs. All right. Number 11, Missouri. I continue to be high on this defense. I think it's going to carry this team. I worry that the offense will put people to sleep and wanted to see Missouri do better than what was it, a, a two or three point win against MTSU in a game where it was what a, a 20 and a half point favorite. I don't think anybody in Columbia felt better coming out of that one Saturday than they did going in. Yeah, I went by four, 23 19. I don't, for what it's worth, I don't think they ever should have been a 21 point favorite in that game. I think a lot of that was reactionary to MTSU mm -hmm. losing like they did to Alabama, but still a team that, like we said, game planning wise, I uh, thought they could do some things and. Yeah, I mean, I, look, we came to the season, Chris, what we say about Missouri? Defense going to be great. They're going to have to win a lot of games that are low scoring. It was the same way last year, and I don't think that's changed a lot to this point. So, Up next, Auburn, a, a team Ooh. that I'm having a, a tough time knowing what to do with. Auburn goes out and gets a nice win at Cal. I, I did not expect to see Auburn winning a game with 14 points. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just hard, hard to me to figure where Auburn goes next, but – uh, credit goes for a win at Cal in what wasn't an, an easy one. Yeah, I think I had Auburn higher here. I, I I was a little surprised. Remember, we're saying this now. We have to repeat this. These are our staff composite rankings. We compile individual rankings for everyone on our staff, and we put them all into one. And I, yeah, I was a little bit higher on Auburn. I think I would flip them and another team. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But any anytime you go out and get a win. Chris on the road uh, against power conference competition. Guess what? The SEC don't have a lot of wins against power conference competition yeah. through a couple of weeks. Right. And so I think you'll take it. Um, Auburn, I think will be a team that has to grind out some wins like that may not all be pretty, but Hey, it's better than a loss. And 
that says more than than some teams SEC teams have to go on right now because um, that that wasn't a, an easy game as we talked about. And so a win's a win. You'll take it two and zero to start the U freeze era. Yeah, we're getting into that territory where the next few teams, starting with Auburn, are separated by about that much. And so I think you could even argue Auburn up to, up to three places higher. But lots of unknowns there. Kentucky at nine. Um, I've just not liked what I've seen out of Kentucky so far. Uh, the passing game has not been revolutionized yet. Uh, Kentucky trailed Eastern Kentucky on Saturday. The defense is still, I think, fairly salty. But I wanted to see more offensive improvement than I've seen so far. Well, I mean, I think it's just the way they're starting games, right? Um, mm. You know, Ball State, as we said, they're they're down seven to three in that game. What basically almost four or five minutes into the second quarter, Eastern Kentucky, you know, they're down seven nothing up until basically a minute left in the second quarter. And so, yeah, I just think it's they, they've got to figure out ways to get off to a better start because um, you know you can't afford that when you start playing SEC competition regularly, right? But as we said, perhaps for this Kentucky team that clearly needs to figure some things out still, um, at least this early part of the schedule, I think, gives them opportunities to do that where they can still pick up wins, even if they may not all be pretty and that one on Saturday was not necessarily that pretty. So, Okay, Blake, there's a lot of confusing teams in the SEC right now. I don't know that anybody deserves the title of more confusing anymore right now than Mississippi State because I thought they looked great in the opener. I thought it was great for them to get a win against Arizona, Arizona, but it took overtime. It took a five to one edge in turnovers. Usually when you're plus four in turnovers at home and, and a 10 point favorite, you're going to not need overtime to win the game. State did it threw the ball. I think 15 times. I, I don't know what's up with that. I, I just am not really sure what this team is coming out of this one. Look at, you've got to give them credit for being two and zero. Oh. Uh, which a lot of teams in this league aren't, but it was just the just just the way that it won the game that just leaves me going. I'm, I'm, by the way, confusing doesn't mean bad; it just means I'm confused. <laughs> I had Mississippi State. There are some things you can pick apart. Probably felt like they shouldn't have let that game get to overtime. The way they were kind of controlling things, um, you know, into the third quarter. But um, still, I think there's a lot more optimism for me just because Mississippi State was a team, Chris. We said going into it. It's just hard to get a read on them. But I think getting a win like yeah. that against, I I think, a team that, you know, certainly has some playmakers, especially the quarterback position, um, I, I think you take that for Mississippi State heading into this game against LSU. Well, here's another team. I don't know how you feel. That's Arkansas. Arkansas has not run the ball anywhere close to the way we expected. Uh, of course, there's a little bit of an explanation of that. Rocket Sanders hasn't played. Don't know how well he's going to be going forward. Arkansas has won two games pretty decisively, and they're giving up less than 10 points a game, which, hey, that's that's good against anybody right now. But let, let's also be honest, Arkansas has played the weakest schedule in the league so far. So a lot to be learned about the Razorbacks going forward. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I think there is still quite a bit to, to learn. Um, and I don't, again, I don't think this is, un, this is not surprising. Like, we knew this about some of these teams that – it was going to probably take a couple weeks in to really kind of start picking apart. Cause like we said, it's, it's sec football. Everybody's all on the hype train for everybody coming into the season, all 14 teams, but you, you start to learn some things early on. And I think for Arkansas, it's just, it's still hard to know just because of the schedule they play. But as we know too, they are very, very talented. We know what they have at quarterback and just getting rocket Sanders back. Um, and I think, you know, again, that they're going to improve in some of these areas 
Um, and you know, we mentioned this is kind of the, the the time that it starts, right? Because this is where the grind of the schedule begins for Arkansas. Uh, play BYU this weekend, and things take off from there in terms of the SEC schedule. So, uh, yeah, we start to learn a lot more about the Hogs here starting this weekend. I think. All right, next team is Tennessee. I think we've underranked Tennessee. I, I keep I saying agree. this. I don't know how many people are listening. Uh, yes, it's the Joe Milton doubt that is sagging the balls to this spot. I think that's missing the point. I think the defense is giving up under four yards of play. Granted, played two bad offenses, but Tennessee was better than people thought a year ago. The defense is disruptive. Uh, that, that stops a lot of drives. The offense still stays on the field. Tennessee at six is too low, but that's where we have them as a group. Yep. I had them hire myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, let's, let's call it what it is too, though. They didn't play great against Austin P. Especially that first half was a chore to watch. No, um, they played, you know, played not well. Well, and that's again, though, right? Like that's what we kind of have to go on. And the fact is, it's a six to six game until Milton makes that run with whatever 15, 20 seconds left in the second quarter, right before halftime. And so, I mean, at that point, you're looking around wondering what is going on here, right? And so, and still, you know, the final scoreline isn't that impressive when you look at 30 to 13. But like you said, I think what we are seeing, some of the areas that they've clearly improved in, and I think, you know, we talk about the the defensive line, those kind of things. We know what they're getting with the running back group. Um, you know, once again, right? Pun intended. <laughs> right goes for 118. Small goes for, for 95. Um, and so, as we said, we got, we got two guys who basically run for – 100 yards on any given game, even Dylan Sampson, you know, if he gets more carries, he certainly has that opportunity. We know Joe Milton can do a few things. Uh, so, yes, it hasn't been perfect, hasn't been completely crisp to this point. Um, they played Virginia and Austin P. They should have beaten those two teams. Uh, but now this is where Tennessee, this is where we learn about this particular Tennessee team, going on the road to play a team that they're better than in Florida. Um, and can they get a win? We'll have you covered this week with our preview and prediction for that game. Number five, A&M. I would have flipped A&M in Tennessee, but that's how the vote came out. Uh, A&M, I'm, I'm concerned that there was trouble stopping the run have popped up again. A&M took a loss in week two. You know that's not going to sit well, and that is the, I, I guess, a little bit of the, does this crumble from the inside watches on, given that the climate uh, <laughs> and the displeasure with Jimbo Fisher coming into this year. I, I, look, I, I think it's way too early to write A&M off. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know how A&M cannot stop the run better with all that talent up front. And that was – I was not the only one talking about that on Twitter this weekend. Well, I mean, look, my, Miami's better than we were giving them credit for. I think that's yes. that's one thing. But, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke goes for, what, five touchdowns, 21 of um, 30, 374. But still, I think that it's – Yes, like I think a lot to be desired after that performance for my for A and M, which felt like one. They got off to a great start. Um, you know, they're up ten, what midway, a couple minutes into the second, they're up seventeen uh, seven at one point, and then yeah, once the momentum swings kind of late in the game, it just got away. And like you said, they just play big play after big play. You know, whether it was what the kickoff return, you know, fifty plus yard passes uh, turning into touchdowns and. Yeah, so it's pretty disappointing, even though, um, which I know Blaine talked about, the offense, there was a lot to like, I think, offensively with A&M. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's just the kind of game where you feel like if you're turning a corner, you need to win. And even if you don't win, you don't need to give up 48 points. 
and that happened. Yeah. So, like you said, I I think I take an M a little bit lower here as well in my individual ones. Number four, LSU. I think that's too low for some reason. People tend to write off a team that that didn't look good in the second half of, of a loss against Florida State, but Florida State could be the number one team in the country. There's an argument there for it. Um, LSU at four is too low, but that's where we've got LSU. And I'm looking for a bounce back this weekend. Well, that's the thing. I think if you if there'll be a lot of people jumping back on the LSU bandwagon if they go and beat Mississippi State by a touchdown or more or something this weekend. Because uh, like I said earlier, I think that's going to be a tough game uh, because I think Mississippi State at home, which we said they got eight home games this year, that's going to be a tough place for anybody to win. Um, I think just kind of given what we've seen from that team so far. So I think you'll see a lot more people jump back on it. Sure, you can look at the score line, say 72 to 10 against Rambling. LSU's back, but you know we know that's until we see it now against a team like Mississippi State going on the road, the mindset going into that game and how they perform. Um, yes, I, I also kept LSU a bit higher just because, like you said, Florida State's really, really good. Might be the best team out there. And, um, you know, but if LSU goes and loses this game this week, then we are way back to the drawing board on the Tigers. All right. Ole Miss at three because where else do you slot them at this point? Um, yeah, Ole Miss fans felt a little disrespected this weekend and when they kept hearing about Tulane's quarterback being out and there was some, hey, we had guys out too. Look, this team's been really solid so far. Defense has been solid. It's forcing some turnovers. Uh, the, the run game, which is where we thought Ole Miss's bread would be buttered, hasn't been that effective so far. But, man, the passing games have been off the charts so far. Uh, Ole Miss at three. And, and look, may, maybe you could have put LSU ahead of, of Ole Miss. I probably would have. But I don't see how you drop Ole Miss out of the top four. And I don't think any of us did that, honestly. Now that I look at it, we didn't. I put Ole Miss at two. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, I just like. I mean, there's, look, like, there's, an, like, there's an argument. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's like, where else do I put them? I mean, I, I see the teams around them and I see what Ole Miss has done. And I know it's, it's Tulane and Mercer. And again, Tulane, I think is a, a pretty good team, but they didn't, you know, have the quarterback. And I get it. A lot of people say that, but these power rings are so hard to do every week this early on in the yeah. season. Like we said, you just, you got to see much more separation. Um, so at this point, it's like, put them wherever you want to put them. Like you mentioned, I could see them anywhere from three or two to four or five or whatever, but. Yeah, this is where they land this week. So, Alabama too. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear it about that one. But look, t- Texas, Texas was really freaking good. Uh, really, really good. Uh, let's give credit where it's due. Is Alabama what it used to be? Uh, no, Oreo's very upset about. Oreo's welcoming Texas tell. into the SEC. I think. Um, it's fine. That's what it is. Oh my goodness, this dog. Okay, yeah, he's fine. I don't know what else to say. I mean, look, I, like you said, there will be people that pick apart Alabama. Um, but, like, I think Florida State's really good. Texas is really good. And I think that for Alabama and LSU, I think we'll find that they're not as bad as some may think after those performances. Um, and I think that's where you kind of have to keep that in your mind as you're doing these rankings. And so I don't I don't hate Alabama being it, too, because I think Texas is really good. But um, there are definitely more things you can pick apart with this Alabama team, which – it's not that unsurprising, right? What we said going into the season, that this was probably going to be the case, and you weren't just going to completely back off that after one week against MTSU at home. So, Georgia at one, it's coming. It's nobody. It's come with some warts, especially in the, in the rushing game and with slow starts offensively. But, hey, when, when in doubt, give the benefit to the undefeated defending national champs, and that's where they are. 
that's the thing is like have have they been the most impressive team overall through two weeks? Maybe not, but like where else do you put them? I mean, they're, they haven't lost the game. They're the two tight defending champion. That's where this is where they are. So, all right, that's it for our power rankings this week. We do these every week, generally on Monday. Best way to get them: hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. That helps our analytics. We got SEC Daily coming from noon. Excuse me, eleven central to noon every day this week. We got predictions. We got all kinds of stuff. We got hoops when it arrives. Uh, we're working on that already. Anyway, Team thanks previews. for watching. This week, Chris, yeah. they start. Man, here we are. Uh, for Blake Lovell, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again soon.